Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. We've been talking for 20 minutes about random shit because my dog went nuts and we were handling other things and who knows how much that made it in. Congratulations. None. None of it. Probably. I don't think any of that made it no, in. No, because I was talking about private things, so we can't talk yeah. about it in there. We're talking so about future private. Brian, don't fuck that up. Yeah, cut all that out. Sure. Cut all that out for sure. Uh, so we are continuing um, our saga of the saga of the Swamp Thing. We are doing book three <laughs> of uh, Alan Moore's uh, tale of swamp creatures and whatnot. And this week, you basically get a little bit of uh, all the classic, uh, you know, monster tropes. You got a vampire, you got a werewolf, you got a haunted house, you got sort of some voodoo stuff going on. Um, a magician. Uh, you have a you have a magician. You have uh, uh, basically like sort of like a, a nuke. Uh, monster a la 50s horror weird yeah you got a little like you got a little bit of everything of, of like your classic horror in this week um but uh we of course oh we have everybody with us we have mr todd Yo. mr adam Hello. and ms lena yeah i'm here as a bystander again because <laughs> See, I'm glad work has taken over my entire fucking life Speaking of stalking, uh, Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? How does that even work? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to fuck with you. All right. So our <laughs> drink this week is called Toxic Waste. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a little bit worse version of a Long Island iced tea. So you're going to take one ounce of each of these. Gin, vodka, tequila, triple sec, rum, Chambord, Midori, and Malibu. You're going to take an ice filled glass. You're going to add all of it to that. And you're going to stir and then be very, very careful what you do next. Okay. Oh my God. Because there's a, that's like that's AMF level of fright. Yeah. Well, at least AMF has like sweet and sour, and uh, it's got some Sprite or something in it. But this is just like no, we're just gonna go balls to the wall and just say fuck it. Yeah. So. It yeah. reminds me, there was a drink I used to get in uh, California. There was this little bar called Corner Pocket. It was mainly for pool and stuff. But every Tuesday, they would do Taco Tuesday, where it was like three tacos for a buck. And it was like some of the best tacos I've ever had in my life. I don't know what they did. Amazing tacos. But they had a drink called a 1-900-Fuck-Me-Up. And I <laughs> don't know what was in it. I honestly don't. And kids, so you know, back, back in the day, 900 numbers were the ones you called to talk to ladies who were pretending to like you and say they were taking their clothes off. Yeah. That's what they were for. Uh, but it was basically the same idea. It was all alcohol. I think it even had shampoo and some other stuff in it because it sounds familiar. But it was delicious. And if you have more than one, you better have someone driving you home because I was a mile from the bar and I would walk home before I drive after that. So one hundred. What was that old fortune teller lady? Miss Cleo. Uh, Miss Cleo. Yes, Miss Cleo. That was the other one. Fortune tellers or sex phone operators. Well, then also wasn't the the voting line for kill Robin or don't kill Robin? Wasn't that yes. one hundred number or two? You get a kill Robin. Yeah, was the one as well. I mean, which I would have voted to kill him, but that's just over. dude. He like barely won the vote to die. I know. I'm amazed that it was that close. To be honest with. Um, so speaking of fortune tellers, I have a funny story. I might have told it before, but my buddy Joey used to be a manager for uh, Sears Carpet Cleaning Franchise. And so I'm sure you both know this, but you know, up on in Midvale, uh, right by the Target up there, they've got like the little palm reader slash psychic lady. Sure. sure. Yeah. There's If you go by it, you've seen it before. Well, anyways, they had to go to her place to clean the carpets and do stuff. So they pull in and they were like five minutes late. They got stuck in traffic. And she comes out all caring on them. She's like, you guys are late. What the hell? And Joey was like, shouldn't you have known that, though? And she's like, fuck <laughs> you. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, I, that's one of my favorite stories of all time to tell. Because it's like, and now her house is a poke stop. So I spin it every time I drive by. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, that looks like baby food you're eating, Elena. It is baby food. <laughs> uh, it's yogurt. Isn't it called growing years, though? Isn't that what that's called? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's baby food. No, it's not baby food. It's called growing years. It just it's in it has... a packet. It doesn't even require a spoon, and it's not baby food. How is that not mm-hmm. baby food? <laughs> <laughs> so, I absolutely hate yogurt, but I love gogurt. And I'm assuming just because of all the extra that's sugar and yogurt. flavorings. Yeah. Yeah, that's not yogurt. Because yeah. I was at I was at work a long time ago. My, my coworker had some. She's like, "Here, have a yogurt." I'm like, "I fucking hate yogurt. It's disgusting." And she's like, "No, no, try it. You'll like it." And I was like, "Oh, goddamn, this is good." Yeah, it's but, the yeah, pixie it was... sticks of yogurt, is what it is. It is. You're not a Greek yogurt kind of <laughs> guy, there, Adam. Oh God, no! I use Greek yogurt when I make butter chicken because it's like nice. the perfect a single serving Greek yogurt. Because you can't get plain normal yogurt in a single serving. You got to get the fucking huge like five pounds of it. But one little thing of the Greek yogurt is the perfect size to make butter chicken. And it is very authentic. I've had friends have mine and go to very authentic Italian, uh, Indian restaurants. Italian restaurants would be something way different. Uh, and say mine's better. So, all right. I will. My mom loved it too. I made it for her when I was in California. Cool. Nice. <laughs> all right. Like, good for you, fucker. <laughs> uh, Adam, I love you. I'm sorry. I I'm brain dead. So I'm just sitting here. Oh no, no you're fine, Brian. I was no, desperately you- searching for a segue that did not exist. So you whenever know. you're looking for that, so back to the segue that's not happening yet. Yeah. Forever Plaid from way back when we were young lads. Uh huh. They have the terrible joke where the guy pulls out the piece of paper looks at it and says this is where i'm supposed to segui yeah that, that's burned into my brain i still will sometimes so, refer to it as segui um uh-huh. i also will sometimes uh say facade instead of facade because of i think it's like it's a american president <laughs> or my fellow americans it's an, a movie about a couple of retired or former presidents um <laughs> from like the 80s or 90s i want to say like uh lemon in that or something like that yeah yeah, it's like Jack Lemon, maybe Walter Matthau. Um, was it out to sea? No, no, no. no, no, no. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's called like My Fellow Americans. It's like yeah, My Fellow know, Americans. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's it's angry, angry grandpa, or angry old men. You know, but the presidential years or whatever the fuck. Yeah, uh, grumpy old men. Right. Yeah, gr- grumpy old men. The presidential years. Okay, so for this segui, we're gonna go to Mr. Todd for his drinking game. I have two. Okay, number one is Baby Swamp Thing is cuter than Baby Groot. Ooh, that's a controversial uh, uh, uh but is it cuter than baby yoda nothing is cuter than baby nothing yoda. is cuter, cuter than baby yoda Baby Yoda's got wow. the big fucking eyes that look like a puppy dog. Like, you're not going to get cuter than Baby Yoda. Right. I don't, yeah. And then the other one is Melty Face. Melty Face? Yeah. Every time someone has a Melty Face? Okay. Uh, my drinking game rule for this episode for Lena is every time she says, I've been too fucking busy, take a drink. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Adam. Brian. <laughs> uh, mine's kind of tied into Todd's. It's called My Own Personal Jesus. Every time Swamp Thing dies and is resurrected. Oh, nice. And uh, mine is... Oh, I have another one, too. Actually, I have my real one. I, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I think I'm going to go with, uh, in honor of uh, Marilyn Manson, I'm going to call it Smells Like Children. Every time children appear or the word children appears, take a drink. Because I tr- clocked it, there's the word child at least in every single issue of this book, if not actual children in the story. The other one, nice, is, um, wow, John was a dick at the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then my backup one is, they're going to get you, Barbara. Every time they mention that something's coming, yeah. the end of the world's coming, or 
or like yeah. the vampire spawn are coming, take a drink. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Um, okay, sure. so uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? Just jumping in on this because that kind of gave a little bit of a lowdown on. I mean, basically, we have essentially three or four kind of classic horror tales, uh, pseudo classic horror tales. The first one I think is the most environmental. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, again, going back to that whole Reagan era of finally figuring out that oh, we shouldn't fuck up the earth because well, it's there's bad also for us. I don't know if they're referencing it directly. It does take place in Pennsylvania, so maybe Lena uh-huh. knows. Um, but there is like a mine somewhere that like got set on fire, and there's an entire town where like it's just essentially abandoned, but like the mine has been on fire for like 10 years or something like that, or maybe probably longer than that. Um, no, it's not that it's what was on fire, but yeah. uh, people still live there. Yeah, but there's only like 150 people there. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very small destitute town, but yeah. yes, it is it is a real thing. I forget what it what the town's called though. Isn't like Centralia yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it's I forget, but it's in it's in the like cold Arkansas part of Pennsylvania. The Arkansas Arkansas part of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, so so I forget (laughs) what comedian said it, and it's something my father always mentions. And he goes, Pennsylvania's set up is you've got Philadelphia on one side and Pittsburgh on the other, and Arkansas in between. (laughs) And it's (laughs) <laughs> extremely accurate yeah so. okay that that tracks um, yeah <laughs> based on my and experiences if you're in from pennsylvania, the arkansas yeah. part of pennsylvania you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway so just but yeah uh anyway yeah so uh yeah but I, that that is an actual thing that i saw once where like there is this town that is like like the, the the underground where they live is like been continually on fire for who knows how fucking long um yeah. there, like, there's, there's a couple places fire to this day yeah it's still on fire to this day to my knowledge yeah, yeah isn't there but so that's one like nuclear waste right I, was that yeah? Oh, it was like from the. It was like well, it's like there was a coal mine, and then they I don't know coal mine. That's why yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a place where there's like a? It's not like a landfill. It might be a landfill, but there's a similar thing where they were dumping like tires and like all kinds of things that like burn forever, and like they caught on fire. And will always maybe I'm thinking of the coal mine. I, I could be or, or you might be thinking of the Simpsons. Else. I could be thinking of the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, Simpsons did Simpsons it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> Uh, so this was a really interesting one. Uh, I can say that it read a bit slower yeah. than mm. some of the other, the last two of them. Uh, not to say it's any less interesting. I, this one kind of felt like it was, uh, kind of like if you look at Harry Potter and we talked about that last episode or the one before it, Harry Potter and, uh, the half blood prince, it kind of felt like it was all set up for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting and there's a lot of cool stuff happening. And I love the throwbacks to the classic universal movie monsters. I mean, that's kind of what this is aping as far as the classic horror comics of the forties and fifties. Yeah. So it was really, really cool to see that. And I really dug that and it was easy to pick up. Like you said, there's a werewolf episode, there's a vampire episode, there's this and that, but it all felt like it's building. And I don't know if it built it in the right way as far as making it feel organic or it's like the first couple seasons of Buffy where it was Monster of the Week where it's like, hey, there's this overarching story, but only every couple episodes are we going to deal with that. It'll be mentioned like in episode three, but episode three is about hunting the witch that was eating children. So mm-hmm. you can tell something's coming and John Constantine mentions it very, very specifically that, hey, there's something coming, there's something coming. And it's almost like these are all the signs of it, like the signs of the Armageddon kind of like from Ghostbusters where if this happens and this happens and the Keymaster meets the Gatekeeper, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still felt they were more like one-off issues. 
Now, yeah. that being said, I really, really liked uh, the second issue when we're dealing with Nuke Face. And again, you can tell this is Alan Moore building towards Watchmen because mm-hmm. through the whole issue, you have to like, turn your thing sideways and upside down because yeah. it has all the news cl- talking about these nuclear accidents and how it affected people. And the guy who took all like the, the radium pellets, whatever it was, in his, the oh. back of his truck and didn't know they were there. And all of a sudden, he and the whole town got cancer kind of thing. Yeah. So again, it's, it's building towards something, still an enjoyable story. Don't think it's as strong as what we had before, but it's really cool cool to see those stepping stones he was taking to get to again what is his magnum opus yeah uh and and lana it just informed us via chat that it's a town is called centralia and it uh, is in columbia county pennsylvania uh its population has declined from 1000 in 1980 to five residents in 2017 because a coal mine fire has been burning beneath the borough since 1962 and fun fact uh the population went up by four over the last couple of years, so I don't know if people have decided to move in or, or a family been... had kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, my question is, what are the five crazy fuckers still staying there? Like, nothing's there. There's no. There's no town hall. There's no. Like, what are you? The police, the mayor, and what the fire chief. I, I mean, I'm assuming they probably drive to a nearby place. Well, at least yeah. they can cook it over the fire. So yeah, yeah. Sure. And actually, did you have you guys started watching that show on Netflix called uh, Midnight Mass? No. no. Oh, so I, I, it, it's actually kind of fun. Went to the first episode, but there's this island they go to, and there's 167 people who live there, and it's like all small town, obviously America. And every time someone new comes to the island, they're so excited. Like, oh, there's someone new here. There's someone new here. Mm -hmm. Because everyone just leaves and never comes back. But that's just what that reminded me of. Now there's five (laughs) people. And now there's nine. Oh, my God. There's nine. True. Yeah, you have a Mormon family move into town. All of a sudden, you have a uh, population boom. 42. Yeah. So, anyway. Catholics do a better job than the Mormons do on them. That's true, yeah. Especially the Irish Catholics. Yeah, yeah the Irish Catholics. Yeah, they've got the yeah. whole rhythm method going on. So, well, and Irish yeah. twins, which is you're neighbors to about. a pair of Irish twins. I am neighbors to a pair. I was neighbors to a pair of Irish twins who were born one year apart on the exact same day. They shared a birthday, but they were a year apart, and uh, they fought and more they than any done. siblings I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like it was impressive how much those two fought. Um, they're like the evil version of the Weasley twins, like is what they were. Um, but anyway, Mr. Todd, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting as Adam was saying there, cause I did a bit of research beforehand. There was this great introductory letter at the beginning of the book that's worth reading. And basically is the, um, artist duo that had been working on this book, um, predated Alan Moore. When Alan mm-hmm. took over, they kept it going and it, um, Basically, Alan says, did you guys have any other ideas? Because they knew these artists were leaving at issue 50 of the um, whole run, not Alan's run, but the whole run. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, we have lots of these different little ideas we've toyed with. And Alan did his best to incorporate them. So Mm -hmm. Nuke Face is, um, Taylor came from the artists and several different other stories. But Alan had this other story planned out. So as you were saying, this felt like this was building episodes with not a lot of, or issues without going on. That's absolutely. But Alan was trying to get all the different ideas and story elements in mm-hmm. that these artist duo um, hadn't yet gotten be able to incorporate yet. Yeah. So he's like, great, let's do it. You're leaving soon. I love you guys. You're doing your best, but let's let's throw in the kitchen sink. Yeah, let's do something and, you want to do and have fun with it. And yeah, let's have fun with it. And basically, um, and it was the artist that wrote the forward. He's like, keeping up with this monthly schedule was absolutely hell on earth. And the Centralia was an absolute inspiration for some of it as well. Mm-hmm. And they also said like Three Mile Island happened around mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. I think and they mentioned that, that in those thing. those newspaper clippings in uh-huh. issue two, I want to say. So all of this was 
was here and the guy lives in Pennsylvania. The artist lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that's where a lot of this was coming from. So um, I think it was Beach or it was Bissett that wrote it. And it was interesting. It's like, yeah, he's building, he's got this overarching plan, but let's get these elements in here. Um, but along with uh, John Constantine, um, the appearance was the artist, but the character and whatnot was Alan Moore. And he's uh, pretty much what we know him as today came out from Alan. And his his face showed up like three issues ago in a background panel. But if this was his actual first real introduction was like the third issue in this book. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a bit plotting. I just found it really interesting. It's like I, I hang with my lover, the swamp monster on the weekends. During the week, it's all right. But, you know, I go hang with this big plant fleshy thing. And then yeah. I discover him as he's disintegrating. And then a few weeks later, I see, you know, baby swamp things starting to grow. And he's like, don't put insecticide on me. I don't like uh, yeah. that. Like, like, There's oh, a yeah. hole in you. Don't put insecticide on yeah. me. And he's like, oh, your little voice is hilarious. And I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> that's actually- By the way, Todd, I looked through the book while you guys were talking, and uh, I disagree with you. Baby Groot's still cuter. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> <laughs> that little you know, baby mouth going, don't put insecticide on me. I don't like it. It's just. No, I will. I will agree that baby swamp thing is cuter than teenager baby group because he's an asshole. Yeah. All teenagers are assholes. All teenagers no are assholes. Yeah, exactly. All teenagers are terrible people. Yes, and we we've gone off ad nauseum about that. Yes. But yes, baby yeah. swamp thing, even with the eighties art, is cuter than teenage group. Yeah, but yeah. John Constantine's an asshole, but he was a lot of fun, and you're like, oh yeah, this is John as you're going through it, and then you know vampires and whatnot occur too. But it's um, it was a building arc of series yeah. of issues as well. But it also still felt, even though a lot of the stories were independent of each other, there was a cohesiveness. There was a flow that was cohesive enough as it kept going and that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. So it still felt like this was not a bunch of independent ideas that I just did. It's like, oh, there, here's independent ideas, but we're all traveling somewhere. Yeah. So that was done well. Yeah. That's really what I have to say about that. With okay. the cuter baby swamp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the one interesting thing for me, like, I think there was a lot of interesting things in this book, but um, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it is a little more plotting. There are interesting elements, I think, um, story-wise, it, yeah, it doesn't quite flow as well. The other thing that I found distracting was the fact that when Swamp Thing does his internal monologue, there are yeah. a lot of pauses in strange spots. It'll be like, and it's not like pausing between one balloon or another. It's like pause in the middle of something, and it's just like, I just... You know, get your well, he, was, he was watching a lot of Star Trek at the time. Yeah, it's so. very Shatner-esque for sure. Um, but no, the interesting thing for me as well was the underwater vampires, I thought was a really interesting idea yes. that I had never really come across. But the thing I also found interesting is... Um, uh, my mother tells a story about when she was visiting her grandpa and he had told her like they're sitting on the, their like back porch. He told her like, get a good view of it while you can, because next year it'll be underwater. And they actually bought like their property was bought up by the government and the whole town was flooded. It's actually Mantaway or, um, on the way up to Logan, that lake that's there right by where everyone gets pulled mm-hmm. over. That originally was farmland. My family had a farm there that oh, is really? now underwater oh. where that lake is. Um, you don't say the tea, by the way. It's just Manaway. I know. Well, 
Of course, when I did uh, Romeo and Juliet at Utah State, we jokingly referred to it as uh, Sojourn in Mantua, uh, but in Sojourn in Mantua, <laughs> that was our, our lovely little joke there. Uh, that's right. Yeah, the, in general, the Utah dialect does not pronounce any letters that are in the word Utah. So U's, A's, T's, and H's, you do not pronounce in the Utah It's dialect. called the glottal stop. The glottal stop. The glottal stop is where you use the back of your throat to stop the air for a T like mountain. Oh. The mountain is a glottal stop that Utah accents have. And here's the thing. I never thought I had an accent until someone pointed out some of that weird shit. And I also realized that I couldn't sound out certain words because I wasn't pronouncing them properly because I didn't know where the fucking T was or like right. where like because I was like I was like they really sound out the word and I'll be like I'm like I couldn't do it. Like I was like trying to say stuff out loud. Like I had to do weird things where like I remember how to spell father by fat her. Like because uh-huh. I, I I didn't I, I thought it was F A D E R or something like that because like there's no T sound in the Utah hey, dialect. Yeah. Yeah. So and then you're like, it is. No, it's yeah. titties. <laughs> titties. <laughs> Adam, I love your consistency. It's my favorite word in the English language. That is the funniest. Titties and naughty are the funniest words in the English language. And it was so hard growing up. Southern Baptist with the old school King James Bible. Because every single time they would read the verse about the naughtiness of your heart, which was every single day because everyone's going to hell, mm-hmm. I would bust up laughing in church and get in trouble for it. Because that is the funniest. Naughty, that naughty, naughty titty, and weasel. Those are my three. You put those anywhere. You put them all together and I will just die laughing. A naughty, a naughty tittied weasel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, See, now I just did it. I'm going now, back to Arkansas. Well, okay. Now I know what I'm drawing for Inktober next. Uh, a oh naughty tittied weasel. <laughs> so the titties have to have tassels on them. Uh, obviously, yes. Yeah, of course. Do they go in opposite directions as they're like doing it? It's like, quite the effect. Well, that's quite naughty. So that yes. is that, that's like the most amazing thing from that movie is how she's like moving around and they were like. <laughs> Going counterclockwise. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that is in the graduate. I've oh. never seen the graduate. Yeah, it's in the graduate. Dustin Hoffman, yeah. he takes he's basically yes. trying to sabotage a date and he takes the, uh-huh. the, the daughter of Mrs. Robinson on the date and he takes her to a strip club and she's sitting there with her back to the stripper and the stripper gets the tassels going two opposite directions. <laughs> and he sits there and goes, You sure you don't want to look? You're missing a great effect here. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were going to say Dustin Hoffman was wearing the the, the tassels. So no, I that's that wasn't until the nineteen eighties in Tootsie. Tootsie, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page here. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Always <laughs> like Todd and Brian's brain is like Tootsie, of course. Yeah, we exactly. Todd and I obviously have known each other since we were twelve years old because we knew exactly where that comment was going. <laughs> but see, I just thought it was Showgirls. I I I, I don't know. I've, I've not seen the Graduate, so I I, I know I'm a bad I, film critic. So you I, have not seen the Graduate or Where the Godfather. It's all the G movies. I've we had this conversation. I own Why them. Haven't you watched The Godfather? Because I don't have six hours of my life to give up. No, well, The Godfather, the first one isn't that long. The second one's that long. The first one is, and it's miraculously awesome. So here's the fun thing too: is I understand the whole story because I played the goddamn video game back on the PS2 or three. Oh, wait, okay. Hold on, hold thing. on. I'm wait, not wait. pointing out bullshit because I guarantee you, playing any video game is at least four times longer than watching the movie version of something. Yeah, but I can do that. That's true. Also, whenever I was 
would get like the flu. I got the flu like once a year, pretty bad. I would just watch the Godfather trilogy. And by the time it ended, I was over the flu. Nice. And you also so, were 10 years older. Yeah, but I've seen it like six times and it truly is. It was like I was a Pacino fanatic for a lot of years, thanks to Godfather. I but, am yeah. an Italian American and I have only watched the Godfather part one and part two once. I haven't watched the third one because I don't. Eh, you don't really need to. I, no, I no, but the second one is daughter, not good. But um, I also have never watched The Sopranos. That's actually on my list of things to watch once I finally finish fucking I'm, Harry Potter. Yeah. Not fucking Harry Potter, but once I'm done watching Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I wish you would have finished that because that would have been such a great sound clip. Once I finished yes. fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> and there you go. Now you've got the clip. <laughs> yeah, but I'm in control of the clip. I want Lane to the <laughs> <laughs> or I'll have Todd do it because I still don't have a special ringtone for Todd in my phone yet. But what that I'm fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah you if go. you can have that, you can have drink fucker. No, I oh I guess I could, yeah. yeah drink fucker. Um yeah, Same. the problem is like just when my phone starts going off with you assholes talking and I'm I'm with religious people, it just <laughs> is not good. Um when I are was, you with religious people other than your family when you're uh, uh Ellen has some good friends who are very cool. We have some friends who like they're they're good, but like her brother's a, a pastor, so they go to church and do all that shit. We were it's one of those the... weird things where like, when I moved to California, it was very strange because like a lot of my technical theater background came from like community theater and that kind of thing. But um, in California, and I expect in other places, a lot of people get their theater technology background in like working for churches because they're the ones actually with the budget to buy big state-of-the-art shit, especially audio guys, yeah. because a lot of times they also have a band and whatever. So it's, like it was very foreign to me having been raised in Utah and then like because California loves their mega churches which is really weird not something you would totally expect but they fucking do um so yeah it's just it's interesting well i mean that's all pageant train fake as well so it makes sense so but, you know uh but i also was going to recommend speaking of the godfather the uh the uh, mob museum in las vegas is oh actually i want to really go fun. to that it's really cool uh but uh yeah I, I, but I also, Lena, I do need. To, I've watched a lot of The Sopranos. I have not finished it yet, so maybe we'll have to. We'll have to start a club and we'll re rewatch The Sopranos. I'll rewatch the I'll first totally half of The Sopranos again. Yeah, there we go. We'll do a side spinoff podcast because uh, we uh, have uh, so much time for that. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh my god, Dude, Pine Barrens is a bomb episode. I've never seen it either, so I, I saw like the final episode. Like, no, actually, I take it back. It was season. I want to say so. When I moved to Utah, a coworker of mine loved Sopranos. And because my neighbor worked for Comcast, I had free everything. And I had a shitty little 13-inch TV with a VHS player in it. That's how old it was. And so I would record Sopranos every Sunday night. And then Monday, I would bring him the tape to watch. Because, again, back in the day, he had one, too. So every single night, I would watch The Sopranos. So there is one season I've seen. Uh, I don't... I think it was six. I don't I don't know what seasons are. But, I, I again, one I want to go back and watch because I love the theme song. So Really good. I just remember the advertising everywhere when I went to New York for the first time. And it was oh, on billboards and subways. Everywhere. That's yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Well, Does anybody else my, my parents huh? watched it when it was on. And they, I mean, I was, when it first started, I don't remember how old I was. And um, I mean, it wasn't like, what, the late 90s? Like, it wasn't like, I yeah. think I was in middle school or whatever when it had started. And I. Early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just remember, well, maybe it was like, well, it was around the same time as um, Sex in the City. 1999 through 2007. Yeah. 
So I was in like eighth or eighth grade or whatever. And so anyway. Thanks for making me feel uh, old. Thank you're you. welcome. And not that much younger than you guys. But anyway, I. There's not a four in front of your name. That's much younger. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm close. Anyway, uh, but no, my, my parents would sit, would like lock themselves in their room on a Sunday night and I could hear them cracking up at the fucking episodes like crazy. And half of the time would be my mother laughing at half the shit the guys would say mm-hmm. because they would, they would talk like a lot of family members that mm-hmm. they, would, they would all talk, you know, you'd hear all these Italian words, I guess. I don't know. I, it, but my mother was like, Oh my God, it's like listening to my grand, my grandparents talk or whatever. And so it was just funny for them. It was like a big deal. And I guess a lot of Italian Americans feel the same way. I haven't watched it. I don't really, I found myself being one of those, like, if it's super, uh, like popular, I tend to not get too into it. Like, You're a reverse really hipster. Am- yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't like it before it was, was popular or anything, but like, I didn't really, I don't really get into any of that kind of stuff. It holds up. I watched a bunch of it recently. It holds Did up. you? I, one of the other podcasts I listened to, uh, the main talking head on it, she was like, I've been watching, uh, you know, I've been rewatching all of the Sopranos and it's just so good. And they went on this like 10 minute diatribe about it. And I was like, I guess I should give it a try. I mean, it took me years to watch sex in the city and I loved it. So I guess I should, I should. One of the most brilliant things they did, I think is at the beginning of um, season two, they do a music mashup of Peter Gunn and uh, the police is I'll, I'll be watching you. And it comes in and out as oh the, yes. The FBI surveillance state. Yeah. Right. The surveillance is going in and out and it's, it's just absolute perfection. The most anachronistic, maybe that's not the right word, is uh, it's around the time of the introduction of DVDs. So everyone's getting a DVD player and all these movies are getting re-released. So they're watching The Godfather on DVD. It's like, oh, it looks so good on DVD. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most dated aspect of it, but the rest of it is uh, Yeah, technology really is the thing that dates quaint. movies a lot nowadays. Yeah, like, yeah. And he uh, drives and goes to payphones. Oh yeah, that's true. So payphones and DVD we probably. still have payphones in my work. Really? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I saw it and I thought it was broken, and I walked up to it. And I'm like, "Oh no, this still works." I, mean, I think it takes a card now, so you can put they're cards. Still in, they're still in Jersey, which is where all the Sopranos <laughs> yeah. is set, Wait. and there's a reason for that. So you know. I don't know if if you're watching it from Jersey may not be that unusual. <laughs> <to me. laughs> See so the thing the um, what was most interesting is the the Many Saints of Newark just came out. Yeah, that's the one everyone a, was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The what the amusing part of it is they release is like ten um, a million people or something watched it in the first few days or something. It says and this is eighteen percent of the audience of The Sopranos mm-hmm. at the time it aired twenty years ago. Yeah. So the sequel has 18% of the audience of what The Sopranos was pulling in 20 years ago. Yeah, but a 20 year later sequel, that's, yeah, that's, all that's right. not bad numbers, actually. Like, it sounds yeah. shitty, but it's actually well, not but bad. it's a prequel. It's not a sequel. Yeah, right. true. But it has a dead character narrate it from The Sopranos is narrating The Many Saints of Newark. 
I mean, Sunset Boulevard's narrated by a dead man. You see his body in the first right. five seconds, so, you know. Sure, but it's got, this character is at all through the Sopranos, and he dies in the midst of the show, and he's narrating it, and the mini, so Many Saints is uh, a translation of Moltisanti, mm-hmm. and uh, Moltisanti is a character in it, and it's the story of his father that he never knew. So the son that never knew his father, it's the story of his dad. That's and the they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so yeah. on, and so on, and so on. The Swamp coolest thing. thing about that, honestly, is that it's uh, Michael Gandolfini. Is that his, his uh, son's uh-huh. name? Yeah. Oh. Michael Gandolfini. It's yeah, it's James Gandolfini's son that's playing him that's in the movie. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's like oh, that's when you see likeness. him, uh-huh. <laughs> when you see him, you're like, well, you can definitely tell it's his kid. And then yeah. I read an interview with him where he talked about the training he had to go through to just try to sound like his dad and mm-hmm. have that like same kind of tone and the way that he speaks when he's on the yeah. Sopranos and everything. I thought that was really interesting. But it's got to be strange to play your father who's passed on yeah. in you know in this character in their iconic role. Yeah. yeah. Who was yeah. just, you know, so it's it's got to be a strange strange set of Well, it was what who's was it Ice Cube's kid played no or is, yeah, Ice Cube's well, kid played um, him in yeah. N- NWA? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Played him in uh, Straight in, Outta Compton. Yeah. Straight Outta Compton. Compton, that's what it is. Yes. Which yeah. was one of the most annoying fucking movie theaters experience I've ever had because these bitches behind me every time they do a rap song they would start rapping as loud as they could uh, to the point where i actually got up and i went to the theater manager i'm like I, this is bullshit and so he didn't kick them out he gave me a free pass to see the next one I'm like dude i'm a fucking film critic i get them for free anyways like mm-hmm. how does this help me but oh my god that was ugh. these are the reasons i don't go to theaters anymore anyway swamp thing uh anybody else have anything they want to add i was gonna go talk it was about a bit slow, but nothing was sg1 bad. i don't but <laughs> I was going to talk about Sopranos and DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just thought, this isn't, is this still the same art, art team? Yes, it is. Okay, I feel like the art looks different in this one, but maybe I'm wrong. They had the. Uh, they kept. Um, they were late, so he uh, rushed. Oh, so oh. What does okay. it look like when you're under the gun? Versus it's a little more work? simplified. Okay, that tracks. Okay, because drawing swamp thing sucks. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can absolutely imagine. Everyone wants like, dude, I want to do a swamp thing issue, and then you're like, oh my god, swamp yeah. thing takes a lot of detail. Yeah. to draw. He's, yes, he's very detailed. I mean, even from the little bits that I've looked at, he is the art is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it's really impressive, but I'm also looking at it going, I'm good. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah. Todd, what is your grade for this week? I give it a B. Okay, Mr. Adam? Yeah, I'm going to B too. It was fun, but it wasn't It wasn't as good as what came before, but I think it's leading to something better. Yep. But it is the introduction of John Constance, which is interesting, style. yeah, yes, and again, he's an asshole. He's like, come meet me here, okay? I'm here, all right, see you later, bye. Like, well, fuck you then. So, yeah, yeah I've wanted to read all the Constantine books. The problem I have is when I bought the trades, they right. they were like not labeling them in what order they were in, so I, I think I need to go back and figure that all out. But they're um, just released the 25th trade, and the 26th trade will finish up the 300 issue run of the initial John Constantine run before they rebooted it for new 52. Huh. 
Ah, uh, okay. So, but 300 issues was Hellblazer. And then they rebooted it like four times since then. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you but know what's cool? 300 issues. Yeah. Is the the actor who played Constantine in like the, was it the one season or two season series? Right. They had on whatever. Yeah. He actually is now the voice of all the Constantine characters in the DC animated films. Yeah. And he played Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, the, the crossover they did. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they had someone different play that character in uh, Doom Patrol. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a different actor. Doom he was a good Doom Patrol is the most bizarre, amazing. I haven't started amazing. season three yet. Like, I, I really like oh, it. Oh, man. The, the, the cliffhanger at the end of season two was making me crazy. Um, and ironically, I have not jumped into season three yet. Maybe that's what I'll go do before I have to go to work tonight. So, yeah. but, uh, cool. Uh, Landon, what's your grade? Uh, I have no idea what happened in the story, but of the little that I looked at <laughs> the art, I give it a B. Okay. The art, I think the art is great. Uh, I yeah. still don't agree with Todd about Baby Swamp Thing, but it's fine. Um, I <laughs> did like the uh, Dr. Frankenfurter outfit on one of the uh, vampires. I think oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> but that's about as much as you're going to get out of me. Okay, cool. Um, I'm also, I'm going to go with the crowd. I'm going to stick with a B on this one as well. Like, it's been better. I hopefully it, it arcs back up and, and gets interesting again uh so yeah next week we're reading book four probably about the next seven or eight issues or so uh, uh-huh. as we trudge through this uh i don't know I still like it's not the idea. A trudge. It's not a trudge. I like the idea of doing a longer, deeper run into a comic rather than just do the first piece. Uh, Alan Moore may have been a misguided first attempt. Uh, that might have been a little too heavy for our first. I mean, it could have been Hickman. Oh fuck you! Uh, yeah, I don't so, like that guy. Yeah, no. Uh, but you know, I, I'm still enjoying it. I'm, I'm finally happy to be finishing and reading all of the series. Um, so yeah. So that'll be next week. Um, anybody else have anything? Going once, going twice. We should read the good. God Hates Astronauts on the bus next. Yeah, that's not going to happen. say that like, Elena would hate that? Yeah, Elena would <laughs> absolutely hate that. Stop making me read things that you know I'm not going to like. It's not yes. fun for okay. me. In my defense, I've been trying to get them to read Cross since the first season we ever did this show. So He still uh, needs Jesus. <laughs> I actually just listened today to the episode before that Dracula motherfucker. Uh-huh. And right. the beginning and the end were just like, he needs Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And I was yeah, driving... We recorded all of those episodes over like two days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like going we had a lot back of Halloween. Real I had fast. red crossed before we, we even did everything yeah. else. Yeah. So I was just like <laughs> Oh, so it will have happened by this point in time, but I right. I, I found out something interesting. So I, I bought tickets to see Danny Elfman's Nightmare Before Christmas concert on Halloween because Weird uh, Al was gonna oh, be I in it. I would love that. I would right. love that. Did you hear who they brought in to play Sally? No. Billy Eilish. Oh really? It's yeah. I'm just interested. I'm very interested. Like, Landon's rolling her eyes. I'm excited about it. I think it's interesting. So here's my question. So I I was watching, there was a thing on, they were doing the Nightmare for Christmas thing, like a a concert of it. Yeah. And uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, like, which which is the girl one? What's her name? Uh, The actress or? No, the the character. Oh, I don't know which. Lock is a guy. And Barrel's a guy, so she must be yeah. shocked. Yeah, shocked. So did Catherine O'Hara really do the voice in the original? Because yeah. okay, yeah. cool. she came on stage yes. and did the part, and yeah. I was like, I had no clue she was in that. And I, I loved yeah. her since. Yeah. She was, she was shocked, and she was Sally. 
Yeah. yeah she's yeah, both. See, yeah. I've loved her since waiting for Guffman and like forever ago. Yeah. I had no clue she was in that. So that was just a treat for me. I was like, Oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. So the one that I thought was fascinating that I, cause last time I watched it, I, you know, do what I always do and search IMDB while I watch it. Um, right. Is uh, the mayor is uh, the uh, interior designer from uh, Beetlejuice Ovo or whatever his name I is. Love what? It. Yes. That's yes. the voice of the, of the mayor. And like, once I realized that I'm like, that is amazing. It's a lot of the Beetlejuice mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the people mm-hmm. just cast in it for sure. Yeah. Well, and so. then you've got Huey Herman. I know, right? That and he can't make it this year, so that's why it's going to be Weird Al. So that's uh, I'm going to see a very interesting and unique version. I'm so. very glad that he kind of got a second chance because the whole bullshit yeah. why he got arrested was like, dude, every other fucking person is jacking off in that theater, and you're going to pick him. Okay. Yeah. No, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the funny thing is, is that. They're still using his voice at uh, at Disney as uh, Rex the robot in the cantina. Mm, not so, really. Yeah. The, so the ro- the way they did it is the robot that was on Star Tours, the 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 yeah. guy who used to drive it on the original version. They basically made him a DJ. They kept the same name. His name is oh, DJ Rex. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they also had and and Pee Wee Herman, um, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, voiced voiced him the first time around, and so they have him voicing him the second time around as well. So listen, Disney can't say anything anymore after they. Uh, after um, Robert Downey Jr. came on as Iron Man with Marvel and everything. They okay, have, that's I mean, valid, yeah. You, you know, they can't, he, that man has, had, and don't get me wrong, I loved him even way back. Like, yeah. adore him. He is one, one of, of my, my favorite, favorite, like, a, Heart and Souls is one of my, and no one knows the movie. I know that I know movie that. very well because it ends up with a beautiful shot so much. coming out. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah okay. Because um, he sings in it. Anyway, so I adore him, but he's had one hell of a past. Yeah. They also don't get to talk because of freaking um, Tim Taylor. What the fuck is oh, this? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the toolman Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Because he was oh, arrested for drug distribution. Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Thank yeah. You. Tim Allen. And he was yeah. fucking Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying the the idea that like the Disney holds people to these high standards and you know, it's it's a no. bunch of BS. No, if they know if that they you're going to make you. them money, if they raise you as a Disney child star, then they want to hold you to high standards. If you or came in from the outside, you're on your fucking own. Unless you're James Gunn. So yeah. And they learned quick. Well, we fucked up. They hired him back, and James. Announced he's got another DC project he's working on outside. Yeah, I want to know what it is too. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, we're gonna put a fork in this one so Lena can go eat and and, and actually, you know, live her life and all that sort of stuff. Uh, So thanks all for joining us. I'm just gonna sit here and keep working. So whatever. Okay. We're gonna let Lena get back to work. Bottle of mead. What? Do you want a bottle of mead? No. I think by the time you get it to her, she might be stopped working by then. So (laughs) he's gonna start if he starts driving. Be ready for it by then. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I'm, well, good on, I'm good on the mead thing. We're good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's your saying of, Ew, why would you? Well, do? isn't that the shit that they drink in Beowulf? Like, I'm okay. It's a honey beer. Yeah. yeah it's, it's honey based liquor is what mead is. They add water, some yeast and let it go to town. See, here's the thing. I That's only a- eat, I eat honey just so that I can uh, not have really bad seasonal allergies. So I eat local uh-huh. honey, but that's the only reason I eat it. I don't really like the taste. I don't really like honey. It doesn't like taste honey. like honey. It tastes I'm like not, booze. Well, I'm not a really a big fan of booze either. <laughs> <laughs> you were on a podcast about drinking. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I do drink. I just don't drink that often. 
often. Although I've been craving alcohol of late. I'm sure. So, you know. So our, our good friend Maya keeps on trying to convert me to the tequila bandwagon. No. Like, no. And she's like, no, 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 you understand. You have to get the good stuff. I'm like, no. I, I no. She's like, no, you, you will feel great. You'll have a good time. And you'll wake up in the morning feeling blessed. I'm like, I, I no. don't get hangovers, but I don't believe there, you, Maya. There I love is you, no such. But. Although I will say this. There was a birthday years back um, that I went to this bar down in Littleton, Colorado with a bunch of friends and um, my friend Casey, her husband is a few years younger than the rest of us. And so he was like, it's her birthday. We need a round of shots. And I was like, I'm not turning 21. What is this? And he's like, no, but like, we'll do good alcohol. We don't, are going to do any like bottom shelf crap. And so we walk in and this woman goes, well, we can do this. It's really good. And you shoot it with cinnamon instead of salt. What? Mm-hmm. I forget which kind of tequila it was. And I looked to her and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, I'm telling you, you still do the lime, but instead of salt, you shoot it with cinnamon. And it was actually really good, but I could only do one. I was like, I don't, I can't. And then I didn't drink the rest of the night because I was like, uh, I'm probably going to vomit if I drink anything else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was actually really good. So cinnamon hmm. instead of salt. Cinnamon, cinnamon, yeah. cinnamon. Yeah. I've got some scotch that'll scare you away. No. Is it the meat scotch? What do we have? Yeah, I gave you some of that meat scotch. It's rather savory and briny. Yeah, it was like, I got, I got the first bottle of the Game of Thrones scotch I ever got, Clark, was the meat one. And it was a fancy one, supposedly. You know, it tastes like it tastes like meat. <laughs> and I go over there, and he'd be like making a drink out of it. And I'm like, you realize, like, you don't have to drink it, right? He's like, well, it's I don't want to waste it. I'm like, you, someone will come over and have it. Like, you don't. Ha- we have plenty of things and delicious things you can have. You don't need to drink meat scotch because it's there. <laughs> And I know he likes his meat, but that's it, not that way. So Hey, we're in, well, the, we're in the thick like of uh, pumpkin beer season, and I have to be honest, Ooh. I'm excited. But no pumpkin. Uh, this, so October, well, really like November is when it starts to come out. So really around the time this podcast will be released. Um, there is a seasonal whiskey from Jack Daniels, and it's called Sweet. It's like their sweet tea. I can't remember what the hell it's called now. It's like their sweet tea whiskey or whatever. They only do it during the winter, winter warmer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it is so good. It is the only kind of alcohol that I will drink straight. I won't, I don't want anything in it. I'll warm it up and I'll drink it warm. Are you referring to winter jacks? That's it. It's really, really good. It's a seasonal blend of apple cider liqueur, Jack Daniels, old number seven, seven uh, whiskey and holiday spices. Yes. It's so yummy. And if you warm it up, it's amazing. Okay. See, I just looked at our, our release <clears throat> our release schedule, excuse me. And our next episode, so episode four, actually comes out the week of Thanksgiving. So that means my challenge is to find a Thanksgiving themed drink. And Todd, I will not do anything that adds chicken bullion to it this time. So thank you. <laughs> and that's actually we got a really great TikTok video out of that. So I will not, I will not ever apologize for yeah, chicken bullion. What happened bullion. with those TikTok videos there, Mr. Brian? Uh, speaking of someone who actually has a job and a life and things like that, those uh, I thought they'd be less time consuming than they ended up being. They were very. Everything ends up being time consuming. I There's know. no such thing as, as easy anymore. I know that sucks. But yeah, I have to okay. figure that out. So all right, all right, go eat, cool. stop working, yeah, enjoy, enjoy. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> oh, sorry. but stop. We have to finish the actual podcast. Right. <laughs> We're still recording. <laughs>
Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you all later. Bye. <laughs> That's funny. We got to the end and you thought we were at the end and not the actual end. <laughs> I know. We're still recording. It's I know. fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>